Hello, 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 and welcome again to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS. 333 on your podcast station. I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of what did God say? What did God say? Well, today, 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 on this thankful Thursday, you know, I just first and foremost want to give praise, honor, and glory to the good Lord. Because truly, he is always worthy to be praised. I know many of you out there that are listening already know that. Because he woke us up this morning. He started us on our way. He covered us through the night. And if you are now tuned in to this podcast, he gave you ears to hear. And not just listen. See, the scripture tells us to hear. See, we can listen and we'll miss something. But when we hear it, oh my God, the Bible said we can hear what the Spirit is saying. So I learned when I heard that scripture, I said, hmm, so God, there must be a difference in listening and in hearing. See, when you hear something, it generally retains in your memory. And you know, when I, when I communicate with people, I want to be able to hear them. And not just listen. Sometimes when people are talking to us, you know, we may have a TV on or we may be on our cell phones and we're listening to their voice, but we're not hearing what they say. And that's why a lot of times I think when people say something to me, I can recall it and pull it up. Because it's important for me when people take time out of their lives to speak to me that I hear them because what they are saying, I want to respect them enough to know that it's important. How many of you know that it's important when you hear and not just listen? See, even with God, it's important that we hear what the word of God is saying. And what we hear when our pastors and our leaders are sharing and telling us what thus said the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to continue. And I know I said that it's going to be a continuation process. And we're going to talk about family, friends, and folk. Well, I'm going to go in the order that the Spirit of the Lord led me. And I want to start with folk. F-O-E. And that word literally means your opponent, your enemy. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. I know this thing going to get good today. Because we are always roughed on every side, scrumped on every side, scrumped on every side because of our folk. How many of you know when we really get to a clear understanding that we are wrestling not against flesh and blood. You know, we, we quote that scripture, but spiritual wickedness in high places. Now that's in Ephesians. When we put on the armor of God, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, check it out. But what I want to say is this. It's hard sometimes to distinguish and keep that in our mind. 
Because when we are under attack, the first thing we generally do is look at the individual that's causing or bringing or being utilized by the devil to bring those attacks upon us. Amen? Amen. So when we are when we are under attack from the enemy, oftentimes all we know to do is just look at the individual instead of looking at what is really going on with the enemy. So therefore, what I want to address today is the text of our folk. Now, I have a few scriptures that I want to share. But first of all, I want to begin with a prayer. Just a quick prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we ask as we embark upon this information that you have for us to process because we know that all information that comes by you and through you is on purpose. So Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for our mind. And Lord, we ask that you uncloud our thinking, dear God, so that we may more clearly see and know what it is that we are working for in our lives. Help us to find ways to invest in ourselves, in our time, and even our money, in those things that are eternal. But dear God, in the name of Jesus, we confess that we will need your help to find that significance in our relationship with you as well as other people. And Lord, we ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to help us to be productive and to accomplish what it is that you have predestined us to do. Please forgive us, Father, and strengthen us as we commit ourselves to seek you above all things, the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that all of our blessings will be added unto us. In the name of Jesus, your son and our savior, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm not gonna hold you too long today, but what I wanna do is at least start out, as I said, talking about our foes. And there are several, several Bible verses concerning our enemy. One of the Bible verses that stands out more than many of them to me is how the enemy can come in and trick us. But the Lord lets us know because see, one one thing, let let me get this clear first. One thing about the enemy, no person, and when I say no person, no living human being is exempt from the attack of the enemy. See, that's the first thing we need to establish. Sometimes when we when we in our situations, we think it only is applicable to our lives. We think the enemy is only attacking us. But I want to declare and decree that that is not factual. Because the Bible says that the enemy is walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. So that's his job. That's what he is here on this earth to do is to seek who he can devour. What our responsibility to do, and that's where this scripture comes in, that I like to encourage myself when the enemy is under attack, is Deuteronomy 31 and 6. 
And it says, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he that doeth, go with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So we have to keep in mind that whatever situation that the enemy comes to attack our lives, to be strong and of good courage, to fear not or be afraid, because we have to trust that God is with us. And the scripture goes on this, not just say he with us, but it says he won't fail us or forsake us. You know, I'm going to give you a little bit of testimony because sometimes, you know, I have to throw a little bit of my testimony because we are overcomers by our testimony and the words of our mouth. You know, I was working a job that I had prayed for and built time and tenure and my career in it. And I, I, I know for a lot of people, it may not seem like a lot of money. But for me, little old girl from a country town who never completed her college degree to earn $30 an hour was pretty good for me. And then when you throw in the fact that it came with uh, a free apartment, three bedrooms, two baths, utilities paid. So I felt like my money was strong and I was in a blessed position and, and I had credit cards and, and they had good credit limits. And I could easily go borrow some money because I had got my Beacon score up to 798, which at that time, two points from 800 was like the maximum of, of the highest credit score. But although I had been on that job right at 10 years, a situation arose and I had to shut off for three days and pray about it. And when I prayed about it, the Lord said to resign. I said, resign? Are you serious, God? I mean, this didn't come from my inward spirit because I wrestled with it. See, when you're wrestling with something within, you have to get good confirmation that it's God and not you of yourself. See, the enemy don't always come at us through other people, sometimes the enemy can come within us because of how we are. Oh my God. I hope somebody got that. See, we always looking around trying to figure out why the devil, Satan, the enemy, Beelzebub, whatever name you want to go by, is attacking us. And immediately, a lot of times, we look for outside perimeters of who we think or what we think is causing this attack. Oftentimes, we don't make time to examine ourselves and examine our ways. But anyway, in my testimony, you know, I had to shut off. You know, I got an email from my supervisor. She gave me an ultimatum. And, I, and the ultimatum I knew was not fair. Because... They, the company, the person is not the company, but I had made an agreement years ago. So then we're reverting backwards because that's not what I agreed upon. Now I understand what companies, they'll place you where they need you. But I'm a type of person, if you're going to renege on what you say, if you can't honor your own words and you need to renege on them, then I felt the, the most appropriate thing to do was at least acknowledge that. Oh, my God. See, sometimes that's why I say we have 
have ways about ourselves sometimes. And I'm one of those people I like to communicate. But anyway, effectively, we can communicate, but it may not always be effective. So when I got the email late that Friday evening, I went home and I shut off until I had to be to work that Monday. And I prayed about it. And the Lord confirmed in my spirit, he said, I'm releasing you. I said, why now, God? Why now? I got one year left to pay on my car. I'm in good standings. You know, I got good credit. And and I don't really want to give up everything that I had obtained. Because like I said to me, my money was strong. It's just me. But when God instructed me what to do, I wrestled with being obedient. And this is what the Lord said unto me. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. What you're about to transition to doing, I'm going to be with you all the way. So, you know, from 2011 until now, sometimes I find myself, I feel like I'm in the uh, quicksand. And when I'm in the quicksand, I, I will remind God, it's okay to do that. How many of you know sometimes when you know that God has said something and you know the voice of God and what God has said to you, it's okay to re- remind yourself through reminding God, were you certain? So sometimes I would say, okay, God, you said you wouldn't forsake me. You said you wouldn't leave me, and you said you wouldn't have me begging for bread. And when I fell upon those times of need, that's what I would do. I would encourage myself through Deuteronomy 31 and 6. But I want to talk to you about the attacks and the tricks and the trickery of the enemy. And I want to give you some scriptures because the enemy comes in different ways. But only one thing that the Bible tells us about the enemy is this he is the tempter all the enemy can do is tempt you I want to help somebody to get free all the enemy can do is tempt you now you have to open your portals to allow the enemy to come in and suck with you in order to move in the direction that's not pleasing to God Oh, can I get a witness this morning? And see, God operates the same way with our lives. We open our portals to God. That's why God said you should know them by their fruits. We have to open up to people what they say, what we hear, what we see, what we feel in our hearts. And all these body parts that we open up our portals to God, If we open them up to the enemy and to the devil, then that's how he gets a toehold in our lives. See, he can only tempt us. That's all he can do. The Bible says, and he can't tempt us in no way unless we already carrying a certain lust in our hearts. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. That's in the book of James. James chapter 1. It said, when a man is tempted, let him not say he is tempted of God. Because God said he don't tempt us to do no evil. He don't tempt us to do wrong. He said, when a man is tempted, he is tempted by his own lusts and desires. So now I'm going back to the enemy within. Are you lusting for something? Are you desiring something outside of the will of God? 
Are you being tempted by your flesh and your feelings or are you being led by the spirit? Oh my God, my God. Now there are enemies that surrounds us because like I said, there are three types. There's There's the temptation from the enemy that we have to open ourselves up to. And then there are the people who have opened their self up to be tempted by the enemy that can come to attack us. And then the other temptation that the Bible says the enemy brings is through lies. They can be lies within ourselves or lies from other people. But that is the, the way that the portals of the enemy can come in and set in. That's why the Bible said we can only worship God in spirit and in truth. But I want to just quote a few scriptures on our enemies. And then we're going to talk just briefly about how to overcome. Amen. It says, therefore, and this is in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 36. It said, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. So that's the type of enemies that come and attack us through people. And the Bible encourages do good to them which hate you. Mm, my God. My God. Can you really practice that? Now the next one is Psalms 109, 2 through 5. It said, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. Now I talked about that. Those lies. Anytime you deceive somebody, you've lied to them. And the Bible said they are open against you. And they have spoken against me with a lying tongue. Now there's the word right there. So when we know people speak ill against us, when people lie on us, when people lie to us, that is a form, according to the Bible, they have used their mouth for wickedness and deceit. And it has opened against us. And it's hard for me. I don't know about you. That when somebody encourages me. They are for me. And they treat me in such a way. Because see my mindset is to immediately believe. Okay they're against me. And that's why sometimes. You know the Bible said. To much wisdom is much sorrow. To much knowledge is much sorrow. Sometimes when we as Bible knowers. And Bible reciters and Bible livers when people come at us and it could be in a natural way but we are relied to the recall of our spiritual knowledge and sometimes that's not always a good thing because it can make us more critical and I think that's why the Bible encourages people to not be unequally yoked. Because a person who doesn't have spiritual knowledge or precepts or concepts to understand the severity of deceit and lies that come out of their mouth, how it can tear down a house. And one person does have that understanding. See, it's going to be some clashing. Oh my God. I want to appeal to those who really understand. Do you know the voice of God? And I'm not just saying because God told you to turn left and turn right. But do you know his voice because you know his word? 
See, John says, in the beginning, St. John, chapter 1 was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we talk about hearing God, hearing from God, and listening to God, and obeying God, it still has to coincide with the Word of God. Oh, somebody understand me today. The Bible goes on in Romans 12 and 14. It says, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. And in Proverbs 24 and 17, it said, rejoice not when thy enemy falleth. And let not thine heart be glad when he stumble. See, even when our enemies come against us, that's not a time to say ha-ha at another person's calamity. You know, it amazes me sometimes when people... And I and I like to talk about people who profess their walk because this is not a plaything. And they say stuff like, well, what they did to me, see what's going to happen to them? They better be careful or they shouldn't do this. See, the Bible does not instruct that. That's why I'm going back to what did God say? So many times we can bring things within our own lives and we want to bring out, we want to bring in outside forces to blame. But we don't realize sometimes the power of our spoken words. The Bible said if we're not to rejoice over our enemies, that we're supposed to pray for them and we're supposed to love them. And, and, and it says, and let not our heart be glad when they stumble. So why would we speak certain things over them, even if they've done us wrong? Oh my God, I hope somebody can get a breakthrough and a deliverance this morning. I want to help somebody where you can walk in a peace and harmony in your life. The Bible says in, 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 in Romans 12 and 20, Therefore, if that enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. And the last scripture I'm going to give you is Matthew 5, 43 and 48. Because this is very profound. It said, ye have heard. See, this is what people say. Ye have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. Oh my God, I know a lot of you all don't want to hear that one. But I want to share with you this information so we can understand as true believers of God how to let our blessings flow. And we cannot allow the enemy, see, to come in our mindset because we heard, okay, well, they don't like me, I'm not going to like them. They hate me, I'm going to hate them. I'm just going to love those who love me. And I'm going to kind of go off my script and say this what Jesus said. Well, if you do that, you are no different than the sinner. Because they do the same thing. What separates us from saying that we are true children of God? From those who we want to, we, and I quote, we like to say who are not. Oh, my God. Mm. See, David in the Bible he asked God a lot of time to plead his cause. You know, I've heard the quoted scripture a lot of times that David was a man after God on heart. But David was very careful for the words that he petitioned to God when he prayed. See, we don't pray, according to the Bible, wrong to come over our enemies. That was the first scripture I gave you. 
when 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 Jesus said, "But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you." Now this is the point where we come in as believers, and those of us who anticipate on becoming believers, because you'll know what you're coming against. Sometimes we have to be very, 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 very careful in how we handle things and how we deal with people and how we engage and how we interact with people. And I tell you what's most important for me is that I am not wanting to breathe the breath of life in vain. See, the Bible says that we have to work out our own soul salvation. And I know even within myself, I have to break down some walls of even who I think and what I think. And I have to go back to the scriptures. That's why the Bible said as believers, we need to hide this word in our heart that we may not sin against God. Because let's always get this clear. When we have those nasty attitudes, when we say the wrong thing, we don't have to say it in front of the person. God hears it and God knows it and God sees it. He know when we lie. He know when we deceive. He know when we cheat. And that's why I guess I'm bold enough to be honest and tell the truth. Because God hears it. And this is what the word of God says. When we sin, we don't sin against our mother, our dad, our sister, our brother, our pastor, our preacher, our our children, our, our friends. We sin only against God. I hope somebody got that. We sin only against God. So every time we operate outside of what God requirements, because he says in his word, when we know to do good and does not, it is a sin. That's why sometimes I get vexed with people who can tell me the right thing, how you counsel people. That just lets me know you know to do good. If you can tell somebody else how to do good, that means you know. And the Bible said we are held accountable for what we know. So if you know to do good, to share to somebody else, and you're not willing to break down the walls and do it, then the Bible said you know to do good and does not, you're sinning. And you're not sinning against that person. You're sinning against God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My God. My God. Help yourself today. Examine your ways. See, we love to incorporate the outside attacks from the enemy. The Bible said we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. How can spiritual wickedness affect you in high places? See, because when we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, the Bible said will be added unto us. But when the devil, and that's why I said when we open our portals, And I'm not talking about to other people. I'm saying when you open up your own portals and you want to look at the wrong thing, you want to touch the wrong thing, you want to speak the wrong thing, you want to hear the wrong thing. Because sometimes, you know, we can be going through something and then we want to get on the phone and talk to somebody else to co-sign with us. And, and, and then we done, we done caused another person and brought them in the scene. And see, God had to even teach me about that. He said, quit getting on the phone and telling people your situation and your problem. Because what you're doing now, see, you're supposed to be praying, be quiet, be still. 
hear from me. I know sometimes we all need an ear. We all need an ear. And sometimes we, we'll get an ear worth of words that we don't even solicit. Oh, my God. Sometimes, you ever had that to happen? Sometimes when people call you and volunteer advice you didn't even ask for. And it can, it can resonate in your spirit until it starts vexing you. And see, that's why I am a firm believer. I learn how to take my problems to God and leave them there. Sometimes I have to take a little ride. Sometimes I have to take a little walk. Sometimes I have to sit in the corner. You know, sometimes I have to put my Bible app on, listen to it. Sometimes I go to YouTube and just let it just pray. Sometimes I just ride and turn my radio up so loud. That it just blinds out and blocks out all this stuff that warring in my own spirit. Now I can sit and make it about the devil, but I refuse to give the devil that much victory. See me, and I want to share this and I'm going to close this podcast session right here. One thing that the devil does not like. Well, we know he don't like people who following after Christ. We all know that. But one of the other major things that the enemy don't like is effective communication. You know, we're going to talk more about that because I'm I'm talking about the foes. And then I'm going to go to the friends and then the families. I'm going to save the family for last. But in talking about the foes, I just wanted to help enlighten and encourage someone To know that the enemy can only tempt you. He will tempt you to say the wrong thing, look at the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, feel the wrong thing, act the wrong way. You know, it's a little cliche that that they say in in the world and and sometimes in corporate America. We cannot control how other people act, but we can control how we act. How many of you really know and understand what that means? That means if you can never control how another person act, you can only control how you act. That means the devil can't get in you through other people. Oh my God, I know y'all might not want to agree. The only way the enemy can get in you is you have to open your portals and let it in. That's why the Bible said, think on these things. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report. See, I want to help deliver somebody from always thinking that you are being attacked by the devil. The devil cannot attack you if you don't let him in. The devil can only tempt you. So if the devil can tempt you to be angry, that means it's some anger already in you. Oh my God. If the devil can tempt you to steal, then that means you got a desire to steal already. If the devil can tempt you to hate, that means you need deliverance from hatred. Oh my God, I want you to read James, the book of James. The book, it's only, I think, four chapters. It's a good book. It's an excellent book to help you examine your ways. James talks about the mouth. James talks about the inward attacks of the enemy because that's why I say when you are tempted, Don't say God tempted you to do nothing wrong. God don't do that. And you can't be tempted. Let me tell you something. Then I'm going to have to get off this podcast. You ever been back in the days, you know, when I used to go out and party to the club. 
And I know a lot of you all can probably relate to this. The brothers and the sisters. If you ever had, ever went to a club. Or you met or saw someone that you liked. They were attracted to you. And you were attracted to them. And you know, I would be in the club. And, they, and ooh, don't let them put on a song that I like. You know, you get the bouncing in the chair. And then here comes somebody that may not look like what you like. They're not dressed like what you like. They don't smell like what you like. They're not well groomed. And they may say, oh, can I, can, would you like to dance? Because they see you just moving around. And you'll say, oh, no, thank you. Because you're not tempted by something that don't attract you. But soon as he walk off, here come another brother looking like what you like. Mmm, that's a cold glass of tall, good-looking water, you know. And he just, that butter love and them beautiful teeth. And, you know, we, 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 had, a little, we had a little routine thing with the girls and my clique. You know, we used to scope a brother from the head to the toe. So we could we could size a brother up by what kind of shoes he had on, what kind of watch he was wearing. If he didn't have no watch, you know what we used to say? He ain't got no business by himself because we felt like you needed time on your arm. See, they didn't have cell phones and things where you could just look at your cell phone. So we felt if a brother didn't have on a watch, he ain't have no business by himself because he wasn't interested in keeping up with time. See, time for a man to us was important. You got to know what time to be to work. You got to know what time you need to do this. You got to know. And people used to constantly watch their watches. See, I know y'all, some of y'all young school, y'all don't know about that. But we had to constantly keep a check on our watch if we was about our business. And then we would look at their teeth. And we would look at how groomed they were. And we would look at how they smell. And if they didn't fit the, the bill, we was never enticed by them. Oh, my God. I hope somebody got that. So, as the Bible said, we cannot be enticed by the devil or tempted unless it's something we already lusted. Oh, my God. Are you tempted by the enemy? Are you tempted by the enemy to just be mean and cruel? And you want to blame somebody else? Because you don't want to examine your ways and tear down the walls? Are you tempted? What is tempting you? See, the tempter is what's tempting you. And what's tempting you is what you're lusting for. Sometimes we lust for so many things. And we don't even realize that what we're lusting for is not may not even be good for us and to us. Oh my God. I know y'all didn't want to hear that. But when the enemy is tempting you, what I want to help somebody get delivered. Examine your ways examine yourself and say why am I getting upset why am I getting angry why am I not walking in that love and joy and peace and happiness why see when we start blaming other people for our joys and our happiness you know one of my solutions to that is examine your ways examine your ways See what you're walking around with. See how much the, 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 the spirit is wrestling with you. Spiritual wickedness from high places. You know, Iyala Van Zant has a saying that I really, really like. And I'm going to quote it. And I'm going to close this podcast. She says, when people show up in her life, she always would ask God a question. And this one from her, one of her old cassettes. This, this one she was on cassette tape. What are they coming to teach me? 
Sometimes instead of accusing the enemy, the one you supposed to pray, pray for, bless, and the Bible said not curse, I've given you scriptures that you supposed to love and do good to them. But she would ask the question, what is this person coming to teach me? Are they coming to teach me more patience? Are they coming to teach me more love? Are they coming to teach me how to be compassionate? See, oftentimes we always want to criticize the people that God yoke us with instead of asking the question, God, if you place this person in my life, what are they coming to teach me? How can we get delivered from the enemy attacks within? Because people that's outside of what's within us, guess what? If they don't do right by us, let me leave you with this. It is them that have to answer to God. It is them that have to answer to God. But what part do you play? What do you have to answer to God for? Nobody can push you to where you don't want to go. And nobody can take you where you don't belong if God don't mean for you to be there. Amen. Amen. Let's become more victorious over the enemy, starting with the one within us. Amen. Because all we can do for the ones outside of us, I gave you scripture, is pray for them. The Bible said even feed them when they hungry, give them water when they thirst, and just do good by them. So that's our formula to combat the enemy outside of us. What's the problem? Those instructions and formula is in the Bible how to handle people that come at us. But I believe our greatest enemy is the ones we have to tear down the walls and fight within us. Pray for yourself. Do good. Love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Amen. You all have a beautiful, blessed day in the Lord. And as always, may the blessings from the Lord flow, flow, flow down into your life. Meet all of your wants, all of your good needs, and all of the things your heart desires as you delight yourselves in the Lord. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. Continue to enjoy this beautiful Thursday and be thankful in this Thursday. And know, as my mother Alvin from the prayer line could say, keep a smile on your face. Because only God sees and know your heart. Amen. Amen. Until the next time, thank you for supporting me and tuning in. Peace out.